Welcome aboard our vessel. I'll be your captain. Join me and my trusty ally, the cook, as we set sail through our relationship with music, film, literature, and everything in between, as well as our ongoing exploration into mental health and well-being. Anchors up. Go. Oh no, you really <laughs> fell. <laughs> Good stuff. I know. It's been, it's been it's been a while. I'm this. So. You're walking Stranger Things. I know. I'm trying. Oh, again, his mic's gone again. <laughs> I have to hold it, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's been a while. We're back for a traditional one. You went rogue last week, didn't you? Saw wow, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the rogues. Um, we went rogue as well in Bournemouth. Yeah, we We've done a done a variety of stuff, but we thought we'd treat you to a. We got a couple actually, a couple of um traditional. normal traditional. Coming up, episode 89, so we're nearly, nearly. <laughs> That's 20 beyond 69. Yeah. <laughs> Very special number for us. Um, no, it's good to be back. I think it's, uh, the weather's fantastic. And when I went it to is, Spain yeah. the other week, I came back and the, it's just like as if holidays continued. Yeah. We're going to, in Seagull Corner later, we attended something together, didn't we? We did, we did. We'll uh, touch base about that. Um, I guess sort of quickly touching, going all the way back <laughs> to challenges. <laughs> God, what were they? Um, and so I challenged you. It was to listen to Midnight Memories, wasn't it? Um, oh, my laptop. Yeah. I, I tell you what I'll do. Mm. So I did write to that. Yeah. Remember, remember I said to you before. Yeah. So um, what I'll do in between in a sec, once we start recording, I forgot all about that. I just need to charge my laptops on there. Mm. Yeah. So I'll read you what I wrote maybe about, in the yeah. outro sequel corner. We'll, okay. we'll come to that. Yeah. yeah. What did I set you? Um, you sent me facts about Joe Pesci. Oh, yes. Clearly I've done did it ages ago um so did you know that pesci uh, in italian translates to fish okay joe fish and he had a failed album which was released under a pseudonym of joe ritchie okay uh, called little joe shaw can sing he was friends with george carlin the um comedian american comedian yeah, yeah american yeah. comedian Famous, yeah. uh he turned down the role of judge dread well, Ooh. in Judge Dredd, sorry, uh, the role of Fergie, which Rob Schneider. I was just going to say, of. I couldn't see him as Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, and um, I've never seen it, but um, Raging Bull, the film. So when De Niro, there's a part where De Niro accidentally hits him during a sparring scene, and it broke his rib. Ooh. And actually, the scene is in there because it yeah, captures the realism of his pain. So, do you reckon the director said it's improperly? I think, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, and it's been praised for its authenticity. So. <laughs> that really did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last one, he is five foot four. So I think is that taller than Grant or not? Well, Grant's a barometer, isn't he? I yeah. think Grant might actually be taller than Joe Pesci. Oh, there we go. Oh, I'd love to I'd see a visual in my head of really famous vertically challenged people. And Grant, Grant White Davis. Right, we got people out there who are good at IT because if we get an image of Grant to you, can you do like a coppers lineup, you know, like a traditional place lineup? Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Was it? Any other one? Like even like Greg uh, Davis? Yeah. Because when you see him stand up and hand out, he's pretty much taller he than everybody, yeah. isn't he? Like, yeah. So, or maybe I think it was only. Richard Osman, I saw yeah. before it was close. But if anyone out there is good at like Please, Photoshop, yeah. we'll get the full size photo grant to you and his height. Grant's catching up as well on the party on top of that. Just, yeah, yeah it'll be like twenty twenty four. You'll listen to this and he'll come after us. Like, well, what have we done? <laughs> right, let's get on.
Okay, so I'm doing an intro as you'll take a sip of a monster. Oh, and... Um, <laughs> um, I think we're going to do... We'll be rolling in with this person. We've got River Deep. We've got Mountain High to try and find her and get her on board. I haven't even tagged this out. I am riffing this. So <laughs> it's just, simply the best just, intro you've ever done. I know, I just spat at you. I was so excited. <laughs> oh, my stomach's rumbling now as well. Is I'm, it? I'm, I'm just so excited. But I'm so excited as in her, is it? So. No, no. So, anyway, so I was yeah. going to say rolling in the deep as well. That's not her either. <laughs> so clearly, we're experts on this person. Um, so we'll bring on board in her high heels. Not sure which wig she'll wear. Anna May Bullock. Who's that, Bryn? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, um, it just seemed apt, didn't it? We the world yeah. uh, lost Tina Turner recently. I think it was last mm -hmm. month, wasn't it? Or yeah. was it earlier this month or last end of last month? Something like that, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah, end of last month. And um, obviously a massive figure. In fact, my nanny Gwyn, turf, mm. this is her favourite, Yeah, Tina Turner. So I grew up listening to Tina Turner because my nan would have it on all the time. She had like a greatest hits album um, that would just be constantly played. So you yeah. play if my, if my nan was And right. in fact, I listened to her uh, live in Anaheim, I think it is, okay. on Spotify. And you don't realise again, you know, we say it with loads of people, but how many songs you know yeah. when she's playing them. The hits. And, yeah, and listening to her, you can just feel you can feel her energy coming over. You know, I know she's very you know, she's very powerful sort of with her dancing, wasn't she, as well, yes. and doing it in high heels and inspiring people in that way. Um but yeah, I guess we should roll. We're gonna do how much of this are you gonna do through it? I don't no, know. No, I think it's just All the way back. Probably, probably yeah. there's two two real stages to Tina Turner's life, isn't there? And mm. let's face it, there's the years with Ike. Yeah. You know, and then there's the years where she escapes, like, and we'll talk a little bit about why that was. But mm -hmm. going back to, um, you know, the start, I think she talks about, um, is it, is it reminding me a little bit of like Whitney Houston when we covered her about a lot for the, particularly for the black singers and things that are coming from the church, the gospel churches, you know, and going in there. And that's maybe their first uh, real experience of music, mm. singing together, hearing those gospel, which are, obviously the music is beautiful. You know, I'd, I'd love to go to a gospel church to watch yeah. the choir sing. But then I remember like when we talked about Whitney Houston, wasn't it? How, like they always have the standout singers within the choir then who sort of lead it. And Tina Turner was obviously definitely one of those. Um, but Ike was sort of a bit of a rock and roll star when she was yeah. young. Was, was mm. and, and, and she went to see him. And I think she was almost in awe of him first. Mm. But then um, an opportunity came one night when he was performing where they asked people in the crowd to sing. And obviously Anne-Marie, she was at the time, mm -hmm. put herself forward. And... She talked about Ike being mesmerized by her and effectively said, You're joining, you know, you're joining me. Yeah. Um, and we were just talking now just before, weren't we, that he didn't want her to have her name on the stage. He gave her the name Tina Turner. So he basically mm. gave her his surname almost immediately because said it was a better, um, you know, better stage name, shall we say. Yeah. But that's a sign, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Well, interest, well, something he did is when he, gave her the name Tina Turner, he copywrote it. Did he? So he owned the copyright ah. of the name Tina Turner. And yeah, it's but then going sort of back a bit in his history, like with the Beatles got you know, he got taken yeah. advantage of. Yeah. Oh, and that was okay. a big thing for him of yeah. So like, you know, his songs and things, you know, literally just got done over in contracts and stuff. So I okay. guess he was like, well that's not gonna happen to me now. Yeah. That's why I'm going to become this bloke who's going to force people to do what I want. I'm going to use all my power, my control, to make sure they do what I want and I'm not lost yes. as well because his backing group were called the ICAT. That's right. As well. 
you know, so there's very much an ownership. You know, if you called you Icats, it's like, I own you. Yeah. You're one of mine. I've named you. I own your name, which means essentially anything you do, I own you. It comes back to me. And it's a lot of like, well, it's possessive, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's going to come through in a sec. But just going back to the Icats. So when you got Tina, they wanted backing singers. And apparently they auditioned uh, girl singers for the, to do the harmonies and stuff in the background. Because mm. Documentary I Watch is on the iPlayer at the moment called When Tina Came to Britain. Yeah. One of the iCats is on there. And apparently with Whitney Houston, they're playing clips of when she was being interviewed for her autobiography, so it was her mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, you know, we have the singers round. And it was like the, you had the Ronettes and stuff like that. So you said, why don't we call them the, I, the iCats? Yeah. Um, but just talking about them on the stage, that um, one of the backing bands um, that followed around, because they went on tour with the Stones, which we talked about in a second, he said to one of the iCats after, the guy from the other one, when I was watching you... Uh, you know, Ike was watching you very closely. Why is that? Mm. I said, well, because if we put a foot wrong, he finds us $25. So if they missed yeah. a step yeah. or missed a beat, he would come up to them after and say, you've got to pay a $25 mm. fine. And I think those contr- – so we've got, obviously, him copywriting and giving Tina – well, Amory his name. Yeah. Then you've got the Ikeets and he's charged them. So, like you said, maybe all right, we could probably put a bit of past experience in there. Like yeah, you said, well, he he was um, abused as a child sexually as well. So there you go. You know, and both both of them came from um, broken families, yeah, and broken homes. You know, so it's the vulnerability, and he probably saw that bit of vulnerability in Tina Turner. Where so like, well, you know, obviously we're speculating. <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah, know yeah. the guy, but where he thought, right, this is someone I can take advantage of. Yeah, you know, she's she's a good singer. She's strong. I can make some money here. Definitely, and yeah. it's like he she says on there that. Like what? One day you just came home and beat her with like um, you know those uh, sticks you used to get your shoes on, mm. and he beat her with one of them, and that was she said the start of the violence. But he, she said, and this is like going back to the like he had a mental health condition. Mm. You could see it. She, had, she didn't know what it was, but you could just see it. Yeah. So when he was angry, she said her words were, "When he became angry, he became anger itself." Okay. So his anger, mm. he would just personify anger. Yeah. And one of the Iquettes said one day he came backstage and in front of people beat her. And she just ripped her dress, mm. beat her. Mm. And they, I obviously, when, I can't remember her name. She's on the documentary. She said, Tina very calmly just went back over, applied her makeup back on yeah. where she could, got another dress and just went back on. So it was obviously for her something she was experiencing. Mm. She knew yeah. maybe it was coming. Yeah, yeah. Alice, Alice, the power of who's going to speak out against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we're seeing now, you know, yeah, nowadays yeah, yeah. we've got people we can't won't mention. But yeah, who's going to speak out? Who's yeah, yeah. Say, oh, actually, that's wrong. Yeah, you, know, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, <clears throat> but I guess we move on now, sort of, to their split. Yes, as well, and the fact that if I get this right, so after they split, all she was left with was her name and two cars. That's right. Yeah, she had nothing. Like effectively yeah. bankrupt. Yeah, like had to go back to so at the point she was when she split up she calls it escaping like mm. which is a word for a start so yeah um which i'm sure a lot of people have been in an abusive relationship would talk about it that way because it's from what i read it's not easy to get out mm. you know someone who has that much control but she had to make a big decision they had four kids as well didn't they yeah. you know um but she got away so um and then um embarks on trying to basically rebuild her career mm-hmm. now People got to remember with like Ike and Tina Turner when they were tour- touring America, racism in America was was probably at its worst. I'm not saying it's still there now, but at the time, you know, blacks could be completely segregated and so yeah. not welcome. Yeah. They tour. Um, I can't remember what they called it, but it was the something trail that a lot of artists went on through America. And when you went through certain parts of America, 
if you were a black artist, you'd sleep on the bus. And apparently mm. I used to hate that. It used to drive them insane when they couldn't go into hotels and yeah. probably picturing that star life. Yeah. But anyway, they did that. They got through that period and built their name. It was only when they came to Britain mm. that the Britain, British people just accepted them and they yeah. started playing bigger venues. They could stay at hotels. Mick Jagger loved them. Mick Jagger's roots in, with Rolling Stones is in blues anyway, and these were a blues band, and he had them on the support, um, and he wasn't scared about putting someone on support at high energy because mm. he wanted the crowd whipped up, and he actually respected them. He used to watch, apparently, Tina Turner dance. He's talked about that's where Mick got a lot of his dance moves yeah. from, was from Tina Turner and from watching black women dance, right? But what she does then after the split, she knows that Britain was an accepting place, mm. So she yeah. comes back to Britain, yeah. and people are like, yeah, we want we want more Tina Turner, yeah. like you know what I mean. I think it's all touching on again with the Britain bit, going back a little bit more to '66. With the River Deep Mountain High, obviously it was produced by Phil Spector. I know, you know who is massive, and it flopped in America. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was the English, well, the British, who bought it, it became a top five hit over right. here. So that's probably where her love initially came. Yeah, and then the touring and everything, and yeah, like you said, she came back over. Well, Tina was, uh, was saying like you know it was too, it it was too white for black radio and it was too mm. black for white radio. So in America, mm. it just didn't find its place. But in the UK, we loved it and we used to import a lot of records from America. That's where you mm. had the Tamla Motown and all of that okay. would come over from people getting records and playing them. Yeah. Um. They talk about like the, one of the Iquettes and also Tina was saying how swinging England was. You know, '66 was the pinnacle for mm. particularly England. Yeah. They won the World Cup. You had Carnaby Street, Revolver was out by the Beatles. You know, it was literally the place to be. So when yeah. they came over, it must have been like landing on a different planet. You know, being able to be black, walk down the street, walk mm. in shots. You know, they, that's where Tina found out by like mini skirts from yeah. the Icat because okay. it was invented in the UK. Mm. So, you know, they were like, oh, we can buy these mini skirts. We can go, you know, we can perform, we can be who we want to be. So it's no surprise that Tina turned back, you know, to. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that, uh, but that was really good, everyone. Um, I just naturally brilliant. Um, <laughs> and You're she proud be- of that one, aren't you? Uh, um, but she had to rebuild. Where she'd gone through all the clubs and everything, she had to redo that again in America, a little mm. bit of that in the UK. But I think her star rose faster in the UK than it did over there. The Phil Spector thing's interesting, about just touching back on what you mentioned, because there's a pod in Phil Spector for sure, because he mm. had a pretty crazy life and there's a documentary on sky about it now but um he didn't want ike in the studio when she was performing okay so when he want brought her in to do river mm. deep mountain high he didn't yeah. want he didn't want him in there so he's obviously seen something, something. but maybe yeah. if you th- will just touch on phil specter it takes one to know one a little bit okay because phil specter's yeah. got a bit of that life but we'll pause right. that for another pod but for tina turner she was she was linked up with the producers of heaven 17 who started to bring it was the 80s in the mm. uk 80s was very electronic you know uh, music thinking of like depeche mode and duran duran and like all those sort of acts but she sort of brought that r&b back mm. but it just became bigger didn't it yeah. like you know like, we're like it's just the bigger sound i think yeah as well. definitely yeah. thicker more adding electronics but keeping yeah. the r&b yeah. sort of twang because her voice is definitely buried in blues isn't it mm. like you know what did you think listening to the hits what's stan you know sax for me is it <laughs> I'll the be honest. Yeah, yeah just when that you know and is like it's the big sound yes you know, every song is just a you know it but also yeah it's just loud you know it's 
Yeah. <laughs> a good sound. Yeah. And yeah. I think, like, you know, Simply the Best, if you hear a trial, What's Love Got to Do With It? They're just bloody good songs. Yeah. Like, and, um, you know, or we got we had all the proud maybe the classic ones mm. and stuff like that. But I think she just modernized her sound. You sent me an article about David Bowie, didn't you? Yeah. And their relationship, and that's someone we've covered in the past. But he ma- he loved her, didn't he? Yeah, I think he tried to court her. He, didn't he? he did. So he um, <laughs> so apparently Tina Turner said that they went to a hotel room. That's right. And he came out of the bathroom, not wearing anything, and dancing her dance to Proud Mary. In one of her wigs. <laughs> that was it, yeah. yeah. In one of her wigs, yeah. In trying trying to seduce her. But um yeah, I think they just built a a bond. Um and there was I think there was a song they did they did together or like it became yeah, they were sung together. She but, went on stage yeah, she went okay, on stage yeah. with him when he was playing in the in England, there I think, and so yeah. um and he talked about like what she did for American black women. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they say on the Forget Rihanna, Beyonce, and all that. If you don't have Tina Turner, and yeah. when she died, those they, they, singers were coming out. out Even it, like yeah. people like yeah. Adele and stuff, like referencing yeah. her, you know, as well. But just that strong. I see her when she's pre-Ike. Mm. I obviously incredible talent, incredible dancer. But she changed after Ike, and she became her own woman. Yeah. The hair went a bit shorter, and she was using wigs. She was wearing like leather dresses. It was like a full release, but the power. You mm. listen to like documentaries of people talking about it. It's all so like demigoddess, you know, energy, power. Like you know, you are in the presence of someone. And there, there was a guy from Heaven Seventeen who produced mm. her. And after he died, he was on Newsnight, and they asked him, "What's your like? What's your best memory of her performing?" He's like, I, I was invited by her to see her in the old two. He said when she was like in her seventies. Now mm. she was ill for a long time, so he said. I didn't know what to expect. I thought, you know, she's in her 70s. You know, he said she blew me. She was mm. blowing the backing dancers away. Yeah. But it felt like she was letting her flame shine for the last time, as bright as it could, leave it all on the stage. And then obviously she went, I think she died in Switzerland, didn't she? She'd moved to Switzerland um, and she was ill for a number of years. She died there in the end after a battle with illness. But it was almost like, I've got the energy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it now. And, and that's how it that's how it goes, you know. So... Touching on um, Switzerland and illness and things, mm. she actually signed up to assisted suicide. Did she? Um, program. Yeah. And that was, I just, yeah, I'll make sure I get. So I believe, yeah, it was like 2016, around 2016. Oh, okay. So she signed, it was called Exit International. So obviously it's legal in Switzerland. Yeah, of course. Um, that was during her kidney. Um, she had kidney problems. Okay. And she needed a donation. And actually it was her husband back. Who did it? Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, and then from there, yeah, I think it looks like she just stayed in, stayed in Switzerland then, oh. you know, and lived, yeah, lived another six years. I think, like you know, one thing that definitely came across to me about her when you see her in interviews and stuff, she is a ray of light. Some people just give off that energy yeah. of looking like they're good people, and you hear the people who worked with her in the UK, um, and. She, um, they all speak of her like in awe and mm. just being a lovely person. Like when the Heaven 17 guys were invited to work with her, that she flew them over and he said, they walked in and she was just in the kitchen, do you want a cup of tea, biscuits? And she was like, yeah, what do you want to do? And when they brought her into the studio in the UK, there was no band. Mm. And he, she was like, where's the music coming from? And they went that sort of box over there. They had like a keyboard yeah. and all of that. And she was like, well, let's do it. She said, I didn't care, it sounded great. You know, yeah. she just seems like a can-do, what can I do um, for you? But I think, you know, obviously we have just 
endless respect for people like this because, you know, your Bowies, your Beyonce's, your Rihanna's, your Mick Jagger's, you know, all of these people, when they start saying that this is someone who is a star, Mm. you've just got to stand up and go, yeah, you know, that is where it is. And um, no, I think anything to add on the end of Um, it. She did Bond theme, didn't she? Did she? Did Tina Turner do Bond theme? I don't know. I might be wrong there. (laughs) She could have done. And I may be very... Yeah, Goldeneye. That was the one, yeah. yeah. Golden Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, she yeah. Did, yeah, so she did a Bond theme. There's a film out. There's a musical, a Tony Award winning musical right. as well. That's right, yeah. They talk about that um, in the documentary. So they won. So there's Adrienne Warren played Tina in both here on the West End and in, on Broadway. And on Broadway, they won the Tony. Um, wow. She, like, for her performance. So Amazing. I think it's still going. I'm sure someone in work went to see it and they said like you know everyone's just on it. you can imagine it can't you like when they do the encore just everyone will be on there dancing or, like the jersey boys you know, yeah, yeah, similar? yeah. So hit, when you hit, probably hit. go like so whoa it's all of these hits coming out but listen to Bryn like saying about the live in anaheim or if you go on to spotify app whatever you mm. listen to youtube but there's the platinum connect collection if you go through it i'll just read a couple of tracks what's love got to do with it Nutbush City Limits. She did a cover of Al Green's Let's Stay Together, which was massive, um, which sort of relaunched her new after she split from Mike. River Deep Mountain High, Private Dancer. Tonight was the song with David Bowie. Yes. That's, that's the song it. that she yep. did. Um, it's Only Love with Brian Adams, I Wanna Take You Higher. Proud Mary, Simply the Best. You know, there's so many and I yeah. reckon stick that on, you'll have a smile on your face and you'll probably yeah. dance around the room when yeah. you as well. And imagine that that person played to 180,000 people at the Macarena <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. That is. So, rest yeah. in peace, Tina Turner. Seagull corner. <laughs> the other way around, then. Different. We always like to mix it up, don't we? We do. We like to keep um, it fresh, down with the kids. Down with the kids. So we went on Monday. We did. With our biggest fan, Kiri. Shout out. <laughs> and your wife. And my wife. I drove down. I just came back from Spain the day yeah. before, which was lovely, by the way. Had a, had a lovely, lovely time. Um, came back on the Sunday. And then Monday, the delighting Arctic monkeys. So we second did. time for me. So come to you. First, first time, time for me. you. So what yeah. do you think? I, I was very excited. I was very surprised by some of the songs. So I think we mentioned about, I, I'm indifferent to the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. indifferent. Yeah. But it's definitely a live album. Yeah. It's, it's it just alive. a live performance album. Like, you know, like what do they do? Look in one, two, three. Yeah, three songs from it. You know, and they, they yeah. It was, it was Body album. Paint, wasn't it? That yeah. one where they sort of, that was the last song before the encore. Yeah. They extended the end to it, didn't they? And then Alex went on to like, it was almost like a Prince Purple Rain guitar yeah. solo for about a minute and a half, yeah. two minutes. And no. I was blown away by mm. that. And it was funny because a friend of mine saw Middlesbrough, a work colleague, Dave, yeah. and he, we were talking and he said, he said, just watch out for body paint if they do okay. it. Yeah. I reckon from where they've mixed with the set list where they've been, that one has always finished the main set. Mm. Um, so obviously... I think it was James Ford, their longtime collaborator producer. He said it was meant to be a rockier album. Yeah. But through COVID, Alex again stripped them down. Okay. Um, yeah. I think lyrically, it's as good as it always is with the Arctic Monkeys. But I'm right when I when I listen. But I might listen to it a bit differently. I now. might give it another go. Yeah. 
I think they did yeah. four because they also did. Um, oh, sorry, they did do four. Yeah, perfect, perfect sense. sense. That, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, but I just think as well, you know, Charlotte said after QE, it's just the hits in it. Like, they start rolling through the yeah. hits, it's just and you like, don't realize. You know, obviously they do the different set lists, which I love. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not the same set list. So you can look and see, oh, what well, have they played? It's like, well, actually, we might not hear yeah. some of those songs. But then when it came to the encore, it's still like, I could list so many songs that they haven't done. Yeah. And I, yeah, like you say, it's just the hits, the amount they've got. They could do a four-hour set, couldn't yeah. they? Easy. I mean, it's just, I think they know as well how to do a show. You kick off with Brian Storm and everyone's yeah. going for it and they straight away. And I think they sort of rattled through some of the earlier hits, didn't mm. they, at the start? I made a playlist of it yeah. after. But even just like, your, I didn't hear Mardi Bum when I last saw him. That's a classic. You know, yeah, that, that was the one I said, stone, yeah, I wanted it? to see was Mardi Bum. And yeah, and they did that. But I think also touching, I know you, because we went to get food for the Mysterians, but the Hives, I was so surprised. But if if you, honestly, if you get the chance to see the Hives, fantastic, go and see them, like, yeah, we just it's, talked it's, about doing yeah. the Rolling Stones not being mm. scared of putting on someone who will potentially upstage you. Yeah, I'm not saying they were going to upstage the Arctic Monkeys, but they were the perfect hype band, weren't oh, 100%. they? hundred percent. The yeah. front man was so funny, and he yeah. just didn't care. He was basically commanding the crowd, like it was his headline show. Yeah, you know, which was brilliant, and just that. You know, this is a rock and roll classic that we wrote. Yeah, it? just but so he's from tongue Sweden. in cheek. I didn't yeah. know he was from Sweden, mm. and he said his name didn't even know. Like people cheered. <laughs> yeah. When I walk in a room and introduce myself, <laughs> and then people went to cheer, and he's like, "No, yeah. not yet. Wait, yeah. that one." And yeah. it just it, it had the right amount of for the it music. Well, wow. the music was so, yeah, you know, really, really good. Like, I I was genuinely surprised. I thought it would just be a band with some hits from yeah. mid noughties but actually, like they played songs. Their new albums come out. I think it's just come out. Or it's coming out. Yeah, it's out. coming out. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to it. Definitely give it a go. And they've been yeah. around a long time. But then the mysteries yeah. for me. I know you went to get food, mm. but I wanted to watch them. Reeling, their album, is uh, one that's been one of my favourites for the last year or so. Uh, so um, and they were great. Yeah. They were really good live. And Because uh, I was worried they'd get swallowed up. No, they had a big enough sound mm. for a stadium. Mm. Um, and, and her voice, is the, the lead singer, is cracking. It, like, it's, it's, it's sort of like got the right balance of like power, but melody mm. as well. I loved it. So again, Mysterines Hives, yeah. recommend them. But honestly, for, as a show, yeah. stage set up for Arctic Monkeys. I was worried before. Um, I saw them on the AM tour. To me, that was when they were at their, their height. Since mm. then, they've done the two sort of different albums, um, Tranquility Bass and obviously The Car. Yeah. But they smashed it, didn't yeah. they? they? They literally, for me, that affirmed, that was probably better than the AM show mm. for me. Um, and it also affirmed them as in our lifetime, you'd yeah. have to argue with them then being the biggest yeah. band, definitely I'd top so. three. Yeah. Like, I don't, who would you list from the UK? I know, because Oasis is <laughs> different era. You know, you're talking about the 2000s now and beyond. It, like, if you were trying to list a bigger British band, band um, yeah, not bigger, but probably, you know, a little bit earlier with Muse. Yeah, might, Muse are always awarded, yeah, so, aren't they? Yeah, they'd probably get towards that, not as high, but that level. And I know Coldplay have held around yeah. long, a long time, but like for me... But, oh, no, they're, they're the ones which I'd say. Gotta be. They've got to be number one, yeah. So well done. Cracking night. We enjoyed. Yeah. Got to pause it now, haven't I? next voyage thanks kid Cheers, grant child. did also say he's going to get amelia to do it he did yeah we well, could probably just do it because his could, voice yeah. is quite a kiddie voice and height sorry grant this feels like we're clock's ticking for grant bashing so yeah. oh <laughs> um okay <laughs>
Okay, we said this is a traditional pod. <laughs> what we used to do back in the day was on a fr- like on a, the day we record, Friday evening, afternoon, mm. whatever. We'd record, we'd walk. Yeah. So this is a joint challenge mm-hmm. we're setting where we're just gonna we're gonna finish the record. Yep. And then later on we're gonna go for a stroll. We're gonna go for a walk. Mower. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you've if you've well, I was going to say if you just started listening to this, but you obviously haven't because you're coming towards the end of the podcast. But yeah, yeah. at this point, if you've got 20 minutes, when this finishes, chuck on some team of Turner and go for a walk. Done. Off. <laughs> Do you want to say that again for the okay. outro? Because I haven't so, recorded it. <laughs> So uh, Grant has been catching up. I know you listened to Biggie and Tupac. All jokes aside, if you, if you can send us in one of her, if your lovely daughter, uh, Amelia, doing an on-arm exploit, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Guy who lives in Bournemouth was very surprised about the fact of there only being one street, there which we, we took a photo on. Des is fact. Des is fact. Yep. There might be more now with new builds added and stuff, but definitely the, the original, I think, street mm-hmm. layout didn't have a street. We found it, though. Yep, we very, did. Uh, there's nothing there. So no, there wasn't anything. It's a link but, from but the top we did of, get your album cover photo. We did get my so. album cover photo. And my dad, we, we mentioned, I think, on the Bournemouth um, pod about, because you're in the one million postcards bar, wherever it was called, wasn't it? And I think nine million bicycles in Beijing yeah. came up. Uh, famous on the Nora Jones. Um, and my dad used to work, uh, I met her before, mm. uh, one of the students, she was from China originally. She, she went back home. So my dad, uh, they always used to joke anyway. My dad messaged her say, I hope you got home okay. Um, and everything else, and then said, tell me, is there 9 million bicycles in Beijing? And also, I don't think she knew this, so she just messaged yeah. back, said, don't believe everything the Western media tells you. <laughs> um, and I know, so I know, obviously, you've got Midnight Memories to yeah. share, which was something you said you'd actually oddly written before. And um, So I don't know if you want to talk quickly about that. We'll say to her, and then we'll finish with that. Yeah, so Moonlight Memories, you said about listening to it, didn't you, and then mm. um, and writing, and I'd already written a story called Moonlight Memories, which was inspired by my bamp after his passing. So it's sort of like a short story, uh, really, but based partly on memories um, and things which people hear in a sec. So I suppose it will say, a try from me. And a try from him. And I'll go for Moonlight Memories. Um, so I'm sat on a bench by the beach. It's the same bench that I used to sit on with my grandfather to have a pint and watch the world go by. All is quiet except for the din of locals in the pub behind. I put my pint between my feet and sit back to take in the scene. When I was a kid, I would be on this beach every school holiday with my grandparents and others from the caravan site having the time of my life. I look across at the cave, currently flooded by the Irish Sea as the tide was in. Think back to times I would go in there looking for shells. I remember how cold and scary it was and sometimes Zach, one of the older kids, would hide in the darkest recess and jump out on me, making me shit myself. I remember trying to catch crabs in the little stream that fed the sea. Catching crabs means something different when you're a kid to when you become an adult. I would stand there with others trying to spot a little critter and pull it in with my crabbing line, then put it in a bucket and race over to show my grandfather was usually laid down in the sun, looking like someone threw bovril all over him. He tanned so well. I remember getting my first boogie board and taking it into the sea. I especially remember the flags that the lifeguards used to lay out and ensure people were swimming in between them so as not to get smashed against the cliffs or rocks. I remember the thrill of catching a wave and having the might of the sea pick you up and carry you back to shore. They really were some of the best times of my life. Of course, it would always be uh, in the daytime. It would always be different in the daytime. If you were lucky, the weather would be nice, so Bampy could be Bovril Man. Even if it wasn't, you could still stick on your wetsuit and go in the sea. It didn't matter back then. My Bampy would just watch from his car, um, dozing intermittently. Now it only feels right to come back here at night. When he was alive, he was bright like the sun. 
Now I only feel close to him under the grey light of the moon. And tonight the moon is brighter than an LED bulb and the stars are scattered like spilled glitter. He's close. There's nowhere on earth where I feel closer to my grandfather than this very spot. He's everywhere down these parts. The boatyard, the sand, the cliffs, the waves. A wisp of wind comes up off the sea and dances around my face and neck, making my hair stand. Is that you, Bambi? Are you there? I smell the leather of his jacket in the salty sea air. We're in the Ford Cortina. I used to think it looked like the Ecto-1 and used to nag you to paint it white. I'm in the back seat behind you. Nanny's in the front. We're heading west, over the beacons. Music plays, probably the Bee Gees. You're smoking a cigar. The rain is beating down. You have the window cracked slightly. I get damp blasts of cigar smoke that try to escape, but is pushed back in by the windy rain. Your shoulders seem huge, either side of the headrest and are covered by your leather jacket. I can smell it, woody, earthy, smoky. I can see the dashboard covered in the cigar ash. I can see you tapping the steering wheel. I can see Nanny, your co-driver, sometimes to your annoyance. I can hear the sound of the leather squeaking as you change gears. It is you. I open my eyes. I didn't realise they'd been closed. My mouth is dry, so I reach down to take a sip of my pint. Those drives from South to West Wales are still on my mind. Endless journeys through rugged green and grey landscape. I don't think I fully appreciated how beautiful my country was until I got older. When I was a kid, i just play on my nan's Tetris console and wish the time away. Are we there yet? We'd get stuck behind tractors and my bamp would be evil. Bloody pull over, you arsehole. I bloody ate farmers. Calm down, Len. Shut up, Carol. My nan would look over her shoulder at me, roll her eyes and smile. I look to my left and see where all the boats are parked. There, under the streetlight, is my bampy's little blue and white fishing boat. Another wisp of wind toys with my neck and face and the moon blinds my eyes like a camera flash. I feel like I'm bobbing side to side. We're out on the Irish Sea, my first fishing trip on your new boat. All is calm and our lines are cast. In the distance, some grey clouds start to form. They close in on us. The waves pick up as the storm makes the sea misbehave. I hear your command to reel my line in. We need to head back. I feel the boat start to rock more violently. The waves get more and more aggressive. I hear you tell me to get in the cabin. You fire the engine and point us back towards the beach. I smell the sea in the pile of life jackets that I'm now led in on in the cabin. I'm no longer able to sit or stand. I can see your legs stood solid as two goalposts. The boat jerks left, right, up, down, but I feel safe. No harm could come to me, no matter what nature's plans are. It is you. I open my eyes slowly as the memory releases its grip on me. I lean down for another sip of my pint. I know my bamp is around. He's in the rocks and the wind in the sea. He's reminding me of the times we had here. We had times elsewhere, but this was a special place. I lean to put my pint back to my feet and feel the bench creak and move below me. I feel his hand on my back. We're sat on this very bench and I'm 23. I'm having a shit time of life. You've brought me here. It's evening time, summer, beautiful, though I struggle to notice. I can see a solitary man walking his dog on the beach. I see the sun dipping away over the edge of the sea. I hear you ask what's troubling me. I hear myself respond to my problems. I feel your hand on my back. I hear you reassure me that everything will work out. I see you get up and track you over my shoulder. You disappear into the pub to get us a fresh round. I see you return with a pint for me, whiskey and soda for you. I experience the same thing that I did then. A sense of calm that everything would work out. It is you. I open my eyes and notice the sea has started its retreat from the seawall. The sea looks so beautiful at night. The way the silver light of the stars and moon shimmer and chase, over each, uh, chase each other over the ever-moving surface of the sea is a true joy to behold. Out at sea, to the right, the distinct rock sticks up. My band told me it was a giant's tooth. I remember laughing and telling him it wasn't, but he would keep a straight face and tell me that it was and regale the whole legend that supported it. He was always trying to make me laugh, always entertaining me, always showing me the lightest side of life. That was perhaps down to the darkness that he experienced in his own life. Darkness that I've only learned about since he passed by speaking to my nan and learning his story. Left as a child to be raised by his grandmother, growing up thinking she was his mother. Where's my dad? Who knows? He knew the games the darkness played, and he knew how to beat them at their own game. A 
I pulled my notebook out of my jacket pocket to do what I came here to do. I start to write. You're here in the sand and the sea, still here watching and guiding me. I feel you in the wind and the moonlight. I see you in the beauty of the night. I miss you, though I know you're there. I love you. Joy replaces despair. I pick up a stone and fold the paper around it. I lean on the metal barrier of the seawall and hold it in my hand for a while. Close my eyes. I see him flash before me before throwing the rock and hear it plop into the sea. I pick up my pint, swig the last dregs away and head into the warmth of the pub.